0: This morning we're in week two of our series titled Famous Faith. And uh, throughout the series we're going through Hebrews chapter 11 to uh, look at the lives of these famous Old Testament heroes and what faith did in their lives. We're looking at the nature of their faith and the power of what happens through their faith. Last week we studied verses 1 through 7 and learned how faith can make the unseen seen. This week we're going to be looking at a different aspect of faith. In my household, there are frequently promises that are made. My boys call them deals. <laughs> Outsiders might call it uh, bribery. <laughs> but these promises are usually mutually beneficial in nature. It might mean that they, they clean the house or uh, you know, wipe up the bathroom or... Or maybe even be nice to their siblings. And in return, they will receive the promise of candy. Or the promise of basketball cards. Or maybe some monetary value of some sort depending on the degree of difficulty. Now ethics aside, it's amazing to see the role and power of faith when receiving a promise. The person receiving this promise has to trust that there's going to be some follow-through. And on the flip side, if you're not following through, you're not going to have much faith in the future. This week we're going to be studying a passage that explores the connection between faith and promise. Our passage today will be in Hebrews chapter 8, verses... uh, Sorry, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 through 19. And our scripture reader is John Lord. Here at TFRC, we believe that Scripture should be central to our lives. We believe that it should be the primary lens by which we do all that we do. So we stand and we face the center of the room. So, would you guys please stand with me for Abel and face the center of the room? And, John, you can walk towards the center. And whenever you're ready, John.
1: By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead, and so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death.
0: Hey John, you can all be seated. Uh, This section of Hebrews 11 focuses on Abraham and Sarah's faith. And as we dive into the passage, there's a lot that we can learn about the nature and power of their faith. There's a central focus on God's promise. This promise was that Abraham would be blessed and that his descendants would become a great nation. There appears to be a deep connection between faith and God's promise. In our passage, we see that Abraham's faith allowed for him to accept God's promise. Now, accepting this promise was not necessarily an easy task. If we go to Joshua 24, verse 2, it says, Joshua said to all the people, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says, Long ago, your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River and worshiped other gods. Prior to God's promise, Abraham and his family practiced religion of working of worshiping other gods. Abraham really had no other previous relationship with God. At best, he had maybe heard tales of Yahweh from the past. To him, the gods were distant objects of worship. And they didn't want to interact with men personally. Gods didn't want relationship with humanity. They wanted their worship. But there was something different about Yahweh. Something different about God. It was Abraham that did... It wasn't Abraham who presented himself... It was God. God pursued Abraham. This made an impression. The foundations of Abraham's faith are his belief and trust in God's promise. And it was God's loving and relational nature, his pursuing nature, that got him to that place. When we think about the different things and people that we believe in and put our trust in, isn't it the same? We have a tendency to have greater trust and belief in those who pursue us, those who invest in us. This makes me think of high school students who are are about to graduate and uh, they're, they're going on all these different college campus tours. What makes A college so special is when they put that extra effort into you. They have a a tour lined up. They maybe get you some free swag. They they walk you around campus and and they start to make you believe that this could be the place for you. There's a trust that begins to form that allows for you to feel like, okay, this is where I belong. For myself, I remember trying to figure out what college I wanted to attend as a student athlete. And, uh, you know, Duke in North Carolina... We're pretty far away, so I decided I would compromise and do a community college in the Northwest. Um, there were a number of small schools to choose from, but the one that I ended up choosing happened to be the one that pursued me the most. They sent me letters. They introduced me to one of their coaches uh, during a state game. They had conversations with me about my potential and what my future could bring. They talked about team culture, and they even offered a spare guest room if I needed a place to stay for, for a little bit of time. The school's loving, relational, and pursuing nature helped me believe and trust that that was where I needed to go. In our passage today, we see multiple examples of faith and action, but before there is action, a strong belief, And trust are required. The same is true in our faith. The foundation of our faith requires that strong belief and trust in God. And like Abraham, we can find our confidence in him through his loving, relational, and pursuing nature. But but how can we do this? God gave us his word. One of the best ways that we can get to know him and trust him and strengthen our belief in him is by just indulging in the biblical narrative. When we look at the Bible, we see the depths of his love. We see his pursuing and relational nature and how he interacts as the triune God and how he interacts with humanity. He doesn't sit back at a distance and watch. He's incredibly active in our lives. One of the ways that God reaches out to us is through his Holy Spirit. We can find greater belief and trust in him by pursuing uh, those promptings, listening, keeping our ears open for what God is trying to take us to next. Abraham's belief and trust in God's promise gave him the faith to act on God's promise. Verse eight says, by faith, Abraham when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Abraham's faith in what God had in store for him was so strong, the belief was so great that he was willing to do whatever it was he wanted him to do. Abraham's faith led to him obediently doing what God commanded. Now, it's one thing to be obedient, but it's another thing to do so when you have no idea where this obedience is taking you. It's hard to be blindly obedient. Acting obedient in faith is not something that comes easily. As verse 8 shows us, sometimes it leads us to places we don't know or understand. It can take us to mountains and deserts of our lives. It can mean taking that new job, making that new move, cutting out a toxic relationship, investing in that other relationship, having that much-needed conversation with a loved one, or maybe even just taking a stand for your faith. When we get to these places, it's easy for us to have our trust and our belief waver. To be shaken, But what makes Abraham's faith so special is that in the midst of the unknown, his faith continues to move on. He continues to push forward in his faith with obedience. Not only did he set out for his land of inheritance despite not knowing where he was going. Verse 9 says that he made his home in the unknown as a stranger in a foreign land. This act took courage. It took courage because he had to leave his father and his relatives. This was the time of of patriarchs, and his identity was tied to his family. When he was alive, the patriarchs of the family were the people who were in charge. They were the ones that made the family decisions. And the generations that followed, followed suit. Abraham was told to leave his relatives, to leave his father's house. And when he did this, there was this part of his identity that was divorced as well. He relied on the family for protection, for security, for companionship. All those things he left behind in obedience to God. And even yet, he wasn't a spring chicken. He was 75 years old. He'd spent decades with his family, the rock of his life. And he was willing to give it all in obedience and faith. Abraham's faith in God was so strong that he was willing to sacrifice his identity, support, protection, and obedience in obedience. It's one thing to enter the unknown in obedience, but it's another to dwell there. I think it it can be a little bit easy once in a while to, to act obediently, but if you have to stay acting in obedience while you're not seeing results, that gets a little bit harder. In our lives, there's going to be seasons where our obedience takes us to places where we don't understand. And like Abraham, we might have to dwell in those places. We are called to continue in obedience despite the hardships and unknowns that we face. After leaving his family, Abraham never got to see this promise fulfilled. But there was continued obedience. Part of the reason why Abraham was able to act obediently was because his faith helped him anticipate God's promise. Abraham had a faith that allowed for him to look ahead with anticipation for what God had in store for him and his family. This anticipation was fueled by the hope of God's promise Verse 10 says, for he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and and builder is God. Abraham's ability to stay future-focused allowed for him to see the hope that lied ahead of him. For Abraham, the anticipation was not just for the family to receive this land and receive this blessing that they were promised But it was also about meeting with God on the other side of eternity. It was bigger than what's right here in front of us in this world. Even though the promise was still far out ahead of him, he he kept having hope that this promise would be fulfilled. And he pushed forward. This sort of reminds me of taking a long road trip with kids. I don't know if any of you have had children when you have to take them on this long road trip. Usually there's this grand prize at the end of the trip. Maybe it's Disneyland, Lagoon, or SeaWorld. But as you're going on this road trip, all of a sudden you start getting these: are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And you might find yourself on a couple pit stops uh, that are a little bit sketchy. There's the gas station that um, you're not sure you should have stopped at, but you, you, you wanted to get the best bang for your buck when it comes to your, your mileage. And we, along this road, we start to question, is this really worth it? I don't know if we should be doing this. But we push forward because of the hope of what lies ahead. The anticipation of getting to our destination. Many times, we don't see the results of our faith. And when this happens, we can find ourselves getting discouraged. But that wasn't the case with Abraham. There was something special about him. In verse 13, it says, All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised, They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. The anticipation of the hope of what lied ahead was enough to fuel Abraham's faith. As we act obediently in faith, it's important that we continue to be faithful even when it feels like we aren't seeing the results that we wish we could see. Sometimes the results are for that next generation. Sometimes they're for the generation after that. We have a new addition to our children's wing being built right now. This new addition comes from our desire to invest in the faith of children. Because there's an anticipation of the hope of what lies ahead in the faith of our children. This makes me think of all the faithful Sunday school teachers, all the different midweek recharge teachers of TFRC history. In the midst of their service, many of them had to sacrifice their busy schedule. They had to deal with behaviors, hyperactive kids, feeling like they haven't been listened to. But they continued to serve faithfully because of the anticipation that these children would one day have a relationship with Jesus. There was a hope that even in the boring days of February, it's cold, and they've been doing this for so many months, it's what kept them going. I think of my Sunday school teachers, those poor souls as a kid. But there's that hope, maybe in the future, Abraham's faith allowed for him to see the unseen of the future. It allowed for him to have hope for what was to come. It kept him a future focus. And that's one of our directives here at TFRC. Does our faith give us the same sense of hope and anticipation as Abraham's? Abraham's faith allowed for him to accept, act on, and anticipate God's promise. Through this... Abraham's faith created perspective. This perspective shaped all the decisions that he had to make, all the actions that he took. If you look at verses 17 through 19, it's a great example of this. It says, By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. So in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. Abraham was promised that his heir would be this great nation. That his son Isaac would be that person. He was the miracle child. He wasn't supposed to be born. And now God, who made this promise to him, wanted to kill him as a sacrifice? This is one of the most powerful stories of faith in the Bible. The reality and the circumstances of this situation have so much emotion. Put yourself in Abraham's shoes. Many of us here have had children. Some of us here maybe want to, or maybe some of us haven't been able to. Put yourself in this circumstance. You found the love of your life. You get married, you start a life together, you do all the things that you do as a married couple before you have children, you have tons of fun, you make great memories, and then it comes time to build that family. And for years, you try, but you battle infertility. You see every kind of specialist. You go through every kind of option, every resource possible. But it's not in the cards. You continue to pray that maybe God, God, just please, just make it happen. You do this through your elderly years you reach the point where it's impossible you've made you've made peace with life but then god makes a promise he makes a promise that you will have a son after all these years and not only will you have a son this son will be meaningful he will be great yeah sure okay god But it happens. And you have this child. You watch him grow. You see him do those fun things in life that you get to witness kids do. And then God gets back at you. Hey, I need you to sacrifice your only son. How do we respond? I run down the mountain. I don't think I have the faith to trust in God in that circumstance. But Abraham did. Abraham trusted in God. And the reason why he did is because he had a perspective that transformed his circumstance. That transformed his situation. It says in verse 19 that Abraham was willing to sacrifice his son because he reasoned that God would raise him. He had so much faith in God's promise that he believed God would make the impossible possible. He didn't focus that is, on his son being killed. He trusted in God's promise and that he would be faithful to it. He believed God would raise the dead to life. Does our faith have that same perspective? Do we reason God can raise the dead in our life? Even while facing impossibility, Abraham's faith never ceased. His faith gave him perspective through times of difficulty. Whether it was journeying to a place he didn't know, making his home as a stranger in a foreign land, Having belief and trust in getting pregnant despite the odds. Or having to sacrifice his only son. His faith gave him perspective that he needed to trust in God's promise. Like Abraham, we too are recipients of God's promise. The promise of the gospel We believe the gospel is real and it changes everything. We are promised that if we believe in Jesus and put our faith in him, then one day when our time is up in this world, we get to spend an eternity in heaven with him in the presence of God. By grace, we are promised salvation through our faith. Do we believe and trust in this promise? Does this promise compel us to live obediently? Do we anticipate the hope that this promise brings us? Does it give us the perspective we need to get through the hard times? This world gives us a lot of promises. A lot of promises we could choose to put our faith in. Promises of success, happiness, stability, satisfaction. As we live our lives, it's so important that we put our faith in God's promise of the gospel. Our faith in this promise has the ability to transform our circumstances and to give us a perspective when life doesn't go the way we think it should. From Abraham, we learn that our faith helps us accept, act on, anticipate, and give us perspective in our faith. What promises are you putting your faith in today? Is there an aspect of what we've talked about today that you maybe need to lean into a little bit more? Are you allowing for your faith in God's promise to give you perspective? To be the hope that you can anticipate? Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word and what it can teach us. I pray that you be with all of our faith. Help us to have perspective through all that we do and God, help it... uh, all be linked together. Help us believe in you. Help us to be obedient for you, to anticipate this promise you have for us. And God, I I ask that if there's any aspect of that that we struggle with, that you allow for us to lean on you more. We love you, God. And it's in your name we pray, amen. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.